fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. We are setting the table with things geared towards Daddy in this Father's Day special edition of the Tennessee Farm Table. With pork shoulder and a tale of running untaxed liquor, Thunder Road, Revenuers, and Junior Johnson along Maynardville Highway. Our guests are Allison Bales of Bales Farm in Mossheim, Tennessee, with her recipe for an easy crock-pot pork shoulder, and also Rick Riddle of the winery at Seven Springs Farm in Maynardville, Tennessee, and the importance of sitting and sharing stories on a front porch, and his story about revenueing, running untaxed liquor, fast cars, and Junior Johnson. We also get to hear from a woman who is quite a well-known chef in the East Tennessee area, Holly Hambright. She's going to share a food memory that her father, Frank Hambright, really loved. So I hope you enjoy this special Father's Day edition of the Tennessee Farm Table. I really appreciate your good company. And I thank you so much for tuning in, be it by the radio or by podcast. Well, let's first travel the state of Tennessee to Mossheim, Tennessee. I'd like to introduce you to our first guest, Allison Bales from Bales Farm in Mossheim, Tennessee. Allison, her son Marshall, and her husband Barry own and run a sixth-generation family farm in Mossheim, Tennessee. I have had them featured on the show before, and this is a new segment. Barry made this snappy theme song for Allison's recipe segment, performing all of the instrumentals all by himself. And yes, Barry Bells, the farmer, is also that multiple Grammy Award-winning Barry Bells who plays bass, as he has for decades, with Allison Krauss in Union Station. This recipe is so easy, it takes very little time, and if you've got a family member that loves pulled pork barbecue, then this might be a good go-to recipe for you.
everybody. I'm Allison Bales from Bales Farms, and I am so thrilled to join you today. Bales Farms is a family farm in Greene County, Tennessee. This farm has been in my husband Barry's family since 1882, and we raise grass-fed and finished beef, pastured pork, pastured chicken, and our son Marshall, who is 14, is in charge of our egg operation. Today, I am going to share with you my recipe for barbecue pork shoulder in the crock pot. It is literally the easiest way to prepare pork barbecue. With only 5 to 10 minutes of hands-on work, you will have delicious pork barbecue that will have everyone in your house smiling and asking for more. But before I share with you how I prepare my pork, I need to clarify what a pork shoulder actually is because it's known as several other names. Some people refer to this cut as a picnic roast, a picnic shoulder, a Boston butt, or a pork butt. Please know that anatomically speaking, they all come from the shoulder area of the animal and not the tail end. I say that because every month or so I receive a frantic phone call from a friend or a customer who is very confused about something she just saw in the store. The pork butt or Boston butt is in fact from the shoulder of the pig. The reference to the word butt in this instance has historical significance actually. In colonial days, way before electrical refrigeration, people still needed a way to preserve their meat. There were small kegs popular then, which were known as butt kegs, and hailed from Boston. These kegs were popular all over the colonies, and even later in Europe, and known simply as Boston butts. These small kegs were perfectly sized for pork cuts, especially the shoulders, and soon the pork shoulder became known as simply the Boston butt. Other people would refer to it as a picnic roast or picnic shoulder because, again, historically, this cut of meat would be prepared smoked and then served cold, which was better suited for an afternoon picnic as opposed to a formal dinner. Now, on to the recipe. For this simple pork preparation, you will need about a two to three pound pork shoulder. We offer bone-in shoulders from the farm but you can find boneless on occasion in a grocery store if that's better for you. Along with your shoulder, you will need a crock pot and the following spices. One cup of paprika, one half cup of white sugar or appropriate substitute, and one tablespoon of onion powder. Just mix those spices together and then rub them all over the shoulder and place your shoulder in your crock pot. You don't need any liquid for this recipe because you will render all of the fat that is naturally in this cut and that will create an amazingly tender pork shoulder. Cook your pork on low for 8 hours or high for 4 to 5 hours. You will know it's done when the meat falls off the bone and you can easily pull it apart. If the meat is tough, do not fret. Just let it go for another 20 to 30 minutes and check it again. As long as you have a good quality pork shoulder, it will become tender. If it is tough, it's just not done cooking in the crock pot. 
And here's where I want to encourage you about pastured pork. Pastured pork has fat that is one of our best sources for vitamin D, and that's something everybody needs. Pigs who live on pasture the way nature intended pigs to live absorb vitamin D through sunlight and then store it in their superficial fat, especially on their shoulder and back areas. So don't cut the fat off before you cook it. Let it render itself down and tenderize the meat. It is healthy. Now back to the pork in the crock pot. Once the pork is fork tender, remove it from the crock pot and place it in a large container. Cover that with foil and let it rest and cool until you can comfortably handle the meat. Take two forks and pull the meat apart or chop it with a knife depending on your taste. And once that thankless task is complete, you have a few options for serving. You can marinate the pork in the liquid from the crock pot. Use your favorite barbecue sauce for flavor or just leave it plain. I make my own sauce and you may have a homemade sauce that's your favorite also. If not, I bet you have a favorite from the store, so just use it. This freshly prepared pork shoulder makes fabulous sandwiches It's great as a topping for barbecue nachos or in tacos or even on salads. Be creative with your pork. I will share that one pound of pork barbecue will yield three large sandwiches or four regular sandwiches. And if I'm doing pork nachos, I generally use about a fourth of a pound. So if you have two pounds of pork barbecue, you will have enough meat for a nice crowd. And that's it pork barbecue that everyone will love and think you worked days and days on preparing. I hope you love it. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Again, I'm Allison from Bell's Farms, and if you want to know more about me, my family, or what we do on our farm, our website is www.bellsfarmstn.com. Thanks! You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. And we've just heard from Allison Bales from Bales Farm in Mossheim, Tennessee. And she let us know about that easy pork shoulder crock pot recipe of hers. Allison wrote this recipe out for us. And I've placed that and the cutest picture of her holding a pie and a link to their family farm on my website at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Just another great Tennessee farming family right there. Well, now let's go over to Maynardville, Tennessee. Up next is farmer and storyteller Rick Riddle. He and his family own and run the winery at Seven Springs Farm located in Maynardville, Tennessee. The whole family is involved in this operation, and Rick is also a person who's extremely involved in promoting Tennessee wine. At the winery at Seven Springs Farm, they also raise pork, beef, and all sorts of wholesome farm-fresh produce in addition to their vineyard. I'd like to give you a little background on Rick. He is a veterinarian by training and plays an active role in raising and breeding the certified Black Angus beef cattle on Seven Springs Farm. He's a native of Tennessee with roots in nearby Fountain City, graduated from the University of Tennessee School of Veterinary Science, and later went into the Air Force to serve his country and travel the world. 
After 20 years, he and his wife Donna returned to Tennessee and their roots, buying their 370-acre farm in Maynardville, Tennessee. He's a do-it-yourselfer to the extreme. Everything that now exists on the farm was built with his two hands. He cleared the timber from the fields to make pasture for grazing, and he built a sawmill to cut the felled logs into wood for the building of his home and the farm store at the winery. He's just a real pleasure to sit on the porch and have a visit with, and that is just what we did one burning hot Tennessee summer day when I recorded this. I'm with you. Rick Riddle, the winery at Seven Springs Farm. He's a man with a lot to say, and it's good stuff, and I thank you for saying oh, it. Oh, thank you. Never met a stranger. I love it. Now, where were you born and raised? And so when I was born, Mom and Dad lived above the old drugstore up in Taswell across from the courthouse. And the closest hospital was Middlesbrough, Kentucky. So I was born up in Middlesbrough. And our family, our people come down out of Virginia and settled the Clinch River Valley uh, and had farms all along the, the Clinch River uh, up in Claiborne County. And my dad did tour in Air Force uh, and come back and ended up uh, working for the federal government as a alcohol tobacco uh, and tax guy, cigarettes. Was, I think it was ABC, alcohol, back cigarettes, something back in the day. So he was a revenuer. Um, and so that's back uh, after Prohibition when a manufacturer of illegal alcohol was still a big thing. And uh, his probably most famous claim to fame was early in his career, uh, he was an undercover agent. And I mean, he was worse than I am. You talk about somebody that never met a stranger. Ah, God, I never met a stranger. And so he was a great undercover guy. And so he worked up in Wilkesboro and was an undercover agent when they busted Junior Johnson, a famous NASCAR guy. I think, I think CG was in on that, that group that arrested Junior's mom. Um, and so they, they uh, did that undercover work and busted Junior Johnson. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, the illegal uh, liquor industry and everything was so tied into NASCAR. You know, these, these like this road right here, right out in front of the winery is called Thunder Road. Well, the reason these, there's, and there's many roads in the southeastern United States that are known as Thunder Roads. And what they used to do, they'd be sitting out on the porch and, and you would hear one of these guys bringing on the thunder. And so what they were doing is they had these old hot rod cars and they were running liquor. And so they'd bring on that thunder, uh, making a living uh, in rural Appalachia, just trying to scrape out a living, um, running um, uh, illicit uh, liquor. Um, and, and so that's, that's what he did. Uh, the ATF really doesn't involved you know there's not a whole lot of illegal uh moonshine that goes on because the industry has gotten to where it's more illegal and, and a lot of local distilleries but on this farm right here as a lot of people know eddie's auto parts down in knoxville is eddie harvey got his start right here because his grandfather was jack woods who had the jack woods distillery right over here and so Eddie Harvey got his start uh, in the stock car industry and building these cars and running liquor uh, in his early days up into Kentucky from this farm right here in Maynardville, Tennessee uh, from the Jack Woods Distillery. 
So it's just another one of those really, really neat stories that, you know, if we don't sit out on the front porch and talk about them, people are going to forget about them. And we don't need to forget about those things because it's just it's a heritage. It's part of us. That's and right. we don't need to lose that part of us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Preach it. Preach it, Mr. Riddle. Preach it. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Thank you for your good company. And you've just heard from Rick Riddle, a farmer and a storyteller and owner of the winery at Seven Springs Farm located in Maynardville, Tennessee. This is a family farming operation. And on that farm, they have a farm store with Tennessee-made products, their meats, wines, and other gifts. And the farm store is ADA accessible. They have won multiple awards for their wines, and the whole family is involved in this operation. And Rick is also a person who's extremely involved in promoting Tennessee wine. I've placed a link to their farm in Maynardville on my website, tennesseefarmtable.com. Another great Tennessee family farming operation. And just a note, Bales Farm and the winery at Seven Springs Farm do not advertise on this show. I just want to share some good news. Happy Father's Day one day early to all you daddies out there. Well, speaking of wine and vineyards and Father's Day, maybe you can go fishing with a picnic basket of fried chicken and potato salad and some of that pulled pork shoulder that Allison was telling us about, and maybe even a bottle of Tennessee Muscadine wine. You know, I was looking at the Farmer's Almanac, and the moon will be full this month on the 24th, and fishing is supposed to be the best up until the 24th. My husband and I snuck up to the mountains last night, got there about six, and for the first time ever, I finally matched my dry fly to the hatch on the water. Five trout in a matter of about 20 minutes. That's a milestone for this old gal. I guess that's the reason fools like ourselves spend all that time fly fishing. Something about it. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website tennesseefarmtable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.